This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a fine and a great day for talk radio, Friday afternoon, always a delight when Conrad Black joins us, noted author, commentator, and historian. Conrad, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, John. You've been following this SNC-Lavalin scandal at all? <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder uh, if, if there's any, if it's just a coincidence that the last commercial spot before we started talking just now was for the police auction of impounded automobiles. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the unkindest cut of all is if these are GM product made in Mexico, you know. <laughs> all right, so we all bring it all back home. Uh, but I've got to ask you on this scandal, because I'm, I'm reading your piece and previewing what's uh, going to run tomorrow in a post. Right. You more or less couch this in terms of it being a, a bit of a Bush League scandal as far as scandals go. I, it is, I think. You know, I, I have to say that. I mean, I, and I, that's a good thing. I mean, we don't really want terrible things being done by our government. Well, and yet there's a sense uh, that I get anyway, sitting here in a catbird seat when I talk to people. I'm sure you read blogs and op-ed pieces and so on and so forth. That you know, it's reinforcing the cynicism that a lot of people feel towards their institutions of governance. Does it not? Well, I, I think there's there's that aspect to it. Yeah, and, and look, let's face it. The and this is no rap on uh, you know on the average person, but. Uh, the average person doesn't really get right down into the details of these things. And so what that person sees and hears is a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of imputations of bad motives and misconduct and chicanery and skullduggery, and the whole thing doesn't pass the smell test and so forth. So it's just a distasteful atmosphere. But uh, when you get right down to it, I, I, there may be a scandal there, but it, it's, it's as of now on everything that's out there, it's not much of a scandal. Did you find it kind of interesting and peculiar that Jerry Butts, of all people, I mean, he's sort of become central to the whole story, but he falls on his sword? Very strange. Out of character, I would have thought. I mean, I wouldn't have thought that if somebody felt they had to take a, you know, take one for the team, that Jerry would be the first to put his hand up to do it. But, well, you know, life is full of surprises. Yeah, you almost said take a bullet, but uh, yeah, I understood. That, 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 would be, uh, that would be altogether too, uh, too shocking a concept. Well, yeah, well, we were shocked by that same notion yesterday. I mean, when you've got the uh, clerk of the Privy Council, this Michael Wernick, talking about, and likewise, uh, the public's losing faith in institutions of governance, his work. Words, and possible political assassination this year? He was that emphatic? I mean, Look, I, I have to say, uh, and this is, again, I, no attempt by me to undermine this man's qualifications to hold the office. He does. It's a very important position. But I thought that was an inappropriate thing to say. It is not the business of a civil servant to uh, to speak in terms like that, which were absolutely not justified by questions that were put to him. Uh, he shouldn't have been envisioning an assassination at all. And and uh, and furthermore, I don't think the fact that a, a conservative senator told a bunch of truckers, from disgruntled truckers going from Alberta down to Ottawa to roll over every liberal they find. I mean, it was a dumb thing to say, but I don't think that's an invitation to assassinate people. Well, it might speak, though, to the idea of there's this coarsening of our public discourse or people are losing their minds here, uh, individually or collectively. But Something... you see, it's, it's, there are two aspects to it, and the first is unspoken. The fact is we're only drifting into that because of the addiction of Canada to the United States as a source of news. 
and and the hysterical reaction of the anti-Trump elements in the U.S., which is essentially the entire traditional political class in both parties, including 90% of the national media, as even these uh, impartial surveys of American media show, Harvard University and the Pew Foundation and so on, uh, that that has led to an extreme coarsening of discourse in the U.S., and we're picking it up a little bit here. But the, the problem isn't that what's going on here is is so uncivilized it is that that we are so susceptible to being influenced by by uh, aspects of american society that in the abstract we find that unattractive we find it unattractive and we're right to find that particular aspect unattractive then what are we emulating it for did you find it interesting? I don't know if you noticed this last week or two, uh, Lara Logan, former contributor to CBS's 60 Minutes, and CBS is anything but right wing. Uh, she's kind of uh, gone off the reservation, if I can say, and uh, I'm not sure I can. But uh, she talked about how there's so much bias in the media that, uh, you know, it was kind of refreshing to hear somebody from the inner sanctum. It's all starting to fall apart. I mean, whatever anyone thinks of Trump, for two years they've kept this nonsense going that he might have actually committed acts of treason with a foreign power. It is now clear Mueller, the special counsel, for two years it was, we don't know what we don't know, wait for Mueller. It's obvious Mueller hasn't found any of it, and now they're trying to invent some new dialogue. Well, this is the end of chapter one, and, but we're going to get to the bottom of it in Trump's finances. The IRS has had every return of his since he was 18 years old. He, he told me himself years ago he'd been audited every year of his adult life. If there's anything funny about him and the Russians or anything else, I would have thrown the book at him long ago. And, and uh, this is, I mean, you can, I, I understand perfectly if you don't like Trump. That, 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 in some ways, I don't like him myself. But you don't accuse a person of treason because because you don't like him. Well, and that was one of the words, I guess, treason and traitor, that Michael Wernick brought up as part of the public discourse that uh, is leading to all of this, ironically. Conrad Black is with us, with us author, commentator, historian, and uh, media baron as well. And I've got to ask you a media-related question just relative to what we were discussing when it comes to this climate in the U.S. I mean, has it exposed some of these latest uh, episodes, the Jussie Smollett case out of Chicago and even the Covington schoolboy story, uh, you know, where the media got it wrong, but they were quick to judge rush in with judgment, and now they may pay a serious penalty. Washington Post being sued by the uh, Sandman family, this is a young boy's family, for $250 million. Uh, uh, that was on the Covington, Kentucky yeah. Catholic school visit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah it, 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 it's the hysterical anti-Trump thing is going to blow up. And 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 uh, as a matter of fact, I wrote a piece about this in the U.S. this week that was read today in its entirety by Rush Limbaugh to his five million listeners. And, and it was on the Drudge Report this morning. But the, the, the fact is, it is, a, it is about to become a matter of serious focus that the former directors of Central and National Intelligence and Deputy Director and Director of the FBI, amongst others, all lied under oath. And and that is a very serious matter. It's a crime. And Mrs. Clinton lied to federal officials. That is a crime. And and uh, you know they, they've had they've been firing the hard balls at Trump for two years under this spurious Russian collusion nonsense. And now they're going to get the return of fire, and they're not going to enjoy it. And the media, who've invested so heavily in the anti-Trump theory, I mean, not, not just we don't like this guy, we don't like his personality, we don't like his policies. Nothing wrong with that. But this man's a crook and a traitor. They are going to pay for that. But all right, as a publisher of uh, major newspapers worldwide and 
The Washington Post certainly is one. How do they expose themselves to this kind of a $250 million lawsuit where it looks like they're going to have to pay out heavy? Uh, in the United States, everybody sues everybody else all the time. You're, you're uh, saying it's without merit? No, I'm not. I, 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 it, whether it's actionable in the U.S., given the the great difficulty of proving intent to defame, which in that country is the criterion for uh, for a uh, guilty finding on a, or at least finding of liability in a defamation action. I, I'm not, I'd have to look at it more closely, but I, it's awfully hard to win a suit like that. So I, in any case, Jeff Bezos is the wealthiest man in the country, and he can take care of it all right, and he would have liable insurance anyway. But the, I think more interesting is uh, the, the far left of the Democratic Party uh, told Bezos to get lost with his plan to create 25,000 jobs in Long Island City, each job paying an average of 125k a year. Just get lost with that because he, he was getting uh, a tax treatment that they didn't approve of because he was a rich man. So now you have Bezos, who bought the Washington Post to help his friends in the Democratic Party, being told to take his money and leave New York and, you know, you go fly a kite somewhere. And they're, they're, the whole thing is getting so disorganized, they're fighting amongst each other. Well, and Bloomberg's apoplectic. <laughs> well, this is the battle of the billionaires. But Bloomberg, is, is he's a good man, and he would be a good candidate. And if elected, I think he'd be a competent president. But uh, he took, you know, he, he put placed all his bets on being Hillary Clinton's secretary of state after Jeb Bush flamed out. And uh, he's just run out of options, run out of runway. He's 78 years old. Well, he, he, by all means, I, I hope he gives it a go, because he's one of the few Democratic candidates that, that, that would be presentable. If they nominate one of these left-wing crazies, Trump is taking every state. I see where Bill Gates also uh, ran afoul of the left when he st- started talking at a symposium the other day about alternative energy being pie in the sky, uh, insofar as our current or contemporary needs for the foreseeable future, and uh, now they're going after him. <laughs> Look, that party's on a suicide mission. It's like McGovern in 72. We've talked about this in some previous weeks, but mm-hmm. they are on the verge now in favoring uh, legalized infanticide, tax rates in the top, in the, uh, a top rate in the 70%, absolute nationalization of all health care, uh, open borders. Beto O'Rourke doesn't even, the man who came fairly close to beating Cruz for the U.S. Senate in Texas, N- never mind not building the barrier. He wants such obstacles as there are taken down. Just anyone come into the U.S. who wants to. Uh, and, and, uh, and then now they've told uh, Bezos not to be bothered creating 25,000, 125K a year jobs in New York. I mean, they are, and, and of course, the green regime that they are proposing ends uh, air travel, ends automobile travel, and we'll, we'll have a huge brigade of the armed forces in, engaged in diapering cows. I mean, they, they've gone crazy. <laughs> well, closer to home, exit question then. Do you think this SNC-Lavalin scandal uh, will be just another one of these proverbial nails in the coffin and upset liberal fortunes? I mean, we've got by-elections, three of them taking place on Monday. If any of these would be a bellwether, I'm guessing Outremont may be uh, or not. How do you see it? I don't know the uh, I don't know the the con- constituencies involved closely enough to judge how they will go. Uh, obviously, if the 
liberals suffer a significant setback from where the general election results brought them in, and that that would be a weather vane in an election year. But the, I, 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 clearly the country is not terribly satisfied with this government, but I don't think they're absolutely convinced that the official opposition is the ticket either. So that's all to play for, as it should be in an election year. But, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think that there is a... I think there's a feeling of disappointment in the country uh, politically, and I don't think, unfortunately, that's unfounded. All right. Now, with, with that said, I, I, I don't think it's helpful or appropriate for a, a non, completely non-political senior civil servant like Mr. Wernick to engage in such a histrionics in a public hearing. Well, very good, but it is a talking point. I'm glad we got a chance to discuss that and several others. Conrad, it's always a pleasure. Have a great weekend, and uh, stay grounded. Sunday's going to be heavy wind, and we'll talk next Friday. We'll see you at the police auction of impounded cars. <laughs> fair, fair enough. One of them may be mine, actually. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Ted. Over now. Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.